Hi there, and thanks for tuning in to the Smy Street Church Weekly Podcast. Pastor Werner is speaking today. You know, no matter your background, your age, or your story, we believe that you matter, and we would love to have you as part of the SSC family. So why not join in? Head to our website, ssc.church, and click the I'm New button. As we listen together, we hope that you'll be inspired to follow Jesus. Let's head on in. All right, Pastor Werner kicked us off with a great message about what a church is supposed to be. And he showed us a great video last week. And to set him up for this week, we're going to watch that one more time. Lately, it seems that we're getting more and more confused about what a church actually is. So let's take some time to set the record straight. Church is not a building, though a building can be used by a church. Church is not a denomination, though a set of beliefs should be important to a church. Church is not about Sunday though a church should not forsake meeting together. Church is not about one person or personality, though every church should be pastored. And church is not about size or growth, though every church is called to make disciples. So don't think of church as an address or a location, but rather think of church as mobile and on the move. Don't think of church as something built or planted, but rather think of church as something deployed. Don't think of church as where you are for an hour each week, but rather what you are every day of the week, because the church is the hands and feet of Jesus Christ. Feet shouldn't sit still. Hands shouldn't be idle. Feet go. Hands do. This is the church. Church isn't what you're sitting through right now, because you are the church. Now go and be the church. don't go just quite yet. Hang around for a little bit until we finish. Um, <clears throat> this last Tuesday, the ladies in the morning have um, a wonderful Bible study prayer time, and uh, they were gathering in when we were coming for our staff meeting, and Pastor Wayne came through the door. They all went, yay! And then right behind, I came through the door, and they said, Hi. Truly, it is great to have you, Wayne. You are an absolute wonderful asset. He, and you know what he told me? He says, go away for two and a half months see what they do for you. I'm not going to try it. I'm not going to try it. Um, so this topic of the church, we started last week, and I, I really think that we need to get this down right. I really do. Uh, this word church has evolved into something that it should never have evolved into. Uh, it, it, it has the wrong meaning. It has the wrong understanding. And, it, and, and words matter. Words create images in your mind. Words create emotion. Words create action. And I think this word church uh, has been abused, has been misused, confused, and greatly uh, devaluated. And we need to understand what this word is, what is the church, who is the church, and why is the church. I was, um, I was playing with my granddaughter some time ago, and we brought out building blocks. And, I, and, I, and the reason I say this is because words are the building blocks of ideas, of concepts. And so while we were, while we were playing with that, I noticed that she had mixed two different kind of building blocks. 
Do you see in the image above, there's some building blocks that do not work with the rest of the building blocks. Can you see it on the screen? You see what building blocks don't match? You, and it's the same thing. If you try to mix the wrong concepts about church with other parts of your Christian experience, it will not mix. It doesn't work. And so you need to get clear what, what the church is. Most uh, dictionaries will give you two top descriptions of what the word church is. Number one, they'll say a building for public Christian worship. And then the second one, they'll say a Christian religious service, something like we're having here. So the building for a public Christian worship is that understanding that we have that certain kinds of buildings that, that, look a, that have a particular look to them, we, we look at them and we say, that's a church. And we think of a church as a particular style building with a purpose of people going to worship there. And the second definition that many people think of is what we're doing here. Many people think, well, we're in church. This is church. We're doing church. Church as a religious service. But what we need to understand is the Bible doesn't mean any of that when it talks about church. church none of that has to do with what church... Church is not a building. Church is not a religious service. Church is nothing about what we're doing right now. Nothing about this building. And so really get this straight because it affects everything else that we do. So Colossians 1, uh, we read it last week. I'm going to read part of it again this week. In that chapter, Paul talks twice about the church. And in verse 24, he says this, I rejoice in what I am suffering for you. That is, that is amazing. Paul is, is suffering persecution, and he says, I am suffering for you, the Colossian church. And I fill up in my flesh what is still lacking in regards to Christ's affliction for the sake of the body, for the sake of the body, what is the next line? Which is? So the church is the body of Christ. I have become its servant by the commission God gave me to present to you the word of God in its fullness. The mystery that has been kept high, uh, hidden for ages and, and generations. It is now disclosed to the Lord's people. To them, God has chosen to make known among the Gentiles the glorious riches of his mystery, which, in, which is, say it with me, Christ and you, the hope of glory. So Paul defines the church as the body of Christ. Paul is writing from a prison. He has suffered. He has suffered persecution. He has suffered whipping. He has suffered uh, abuse. And from that prison, he says, I rejoice, I rejoice with you. Yours, he considers the sufferings as part of Christ's sufferings. So we know that Christ on the cross fulfilled all the price for atonement. We have forgiveness and he fulfilled. He said, it is finished. But in building the church, Christ suffers, Paul suffers so that the church 
through persecution. So the church has grown through that. And Paul says, I am delighted to do so because of Christ's body, the church. 1 Corinthians 12, 27 says, you are the body of Christ and each one of you is part of it. And so we define the church last week as the church, the meaning of church is Christ in you, the hope of glory. Turn to someone and say, that's the church. That's the church. Christ in you, the hope of glory. If you're taking notes, write that in. Circle it many times. That is what the church really is. Because here's the thing. If we consider the church something that is happening here in this building today, if we think that is the church, then, then this becomes an event. And as an event, it becomes a production. And as a production, we come with the idea that someone's going to give us a product and we become consumerist. And, and the, the product becomes the service that we receive. And what the sermon becomes a lecture. And the music become an artistic expression. And, and we come and say, oh, they were great. They played great. And they did. Didn't they play great? They did a great job. But that's not what, that's not what we're here for. That, that's not what... Uh, that Edison, you didn't get up this morning and say, I, I'm going to do a great production this morning. And you did a great job, by the way. But that wasn't the purpose. We, when we think of what this, if this being the church, the production, it, and then you become a spectator. You become a spectator. And I, I give the lecture and the band does their thing. And then we go, wow, that was a great, what do we call it? Service. And so it sounds like serve us, doesn't it? And, and so that, but when we understand that the church is the body of Christ, then we understand that you are the hands, you are the feet of Jesus, so that when you go into the community, you see, you touch, you do the work of God, you are the body of Christ in your job, in your work, in your school, wherever you are, in your gym, wherever you, whatever you're doing, you are the body of Christ. And that understanding changes everything. It changes what, who we are, what we do, where we go, how do we act. Christ in you, the hope of glory. So Paul says, I rejoice in that I'm suffering for the sake of the body of the church. And that suffering, that suffering started with Jesus. He says in Ephesians, Christ, can you say this verse with me out loud? Christ loved the church and gave himself Wow, isn't that? And if you have time, when you go home, read Ephesians 5, where it talks about the church being the bride of Christ. The bride of Christ. So Jesus shed his blood on the cross for the people sitting beside you. Did you know that? The value is in the people beside you. The value is in people and, and he, he, that they, he wants them to become his body. Jesus does not shed his blood on the cross for this podium or this stand or for this building or for, for those, they call them pews, for those seats. He didn't, for this, for, this, for this here, he didn't die on the cross for Smythe Street Church building. He died for the person beside you. 
He died for the person beside you. Paul, Paul's, uh, the apostle Peter says, you are living. Uh, you are living stones. Living stones that God is building into his spiritual temple. I, I uh, purposely went out and I got uh, a stone. And I just want to show you a simple little illustration. This is a brick. And the interesting thing about the brick, if you go outside the front of our church, the, the, some of these bricks are, 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 are the same kind of bricks. If you go outside our church, they all look the same. Everybody looks the same. But it doesn't say that you are living bricks. I love the, the, the difference. You are living stones. And what's the difference? Stones are all shaped differently. And so the beauty of that is that, that, that Wayne is very different than Werner. Very different than Werner. And every one of us is different than the other person. And we all are shaped different. And you say, well, I, I don't feel like I belong. That's because you just need to turn a little bit and fit. And sometimes a little bit of the edges have to be knocked off for you to fit. See the, see the drawing on the screen there? The, the guy is, is fitting. And I, th I find that beautiful because we all have different shapes and ways. And you belong. And you are living. You can say yes. You can say no to Jesus. And if you've never said yes to Jesus, this morning you can say, Jesus, take this old strange blockhead that I am, this stone that I am, and this has nothing about getting stoned. I'm just talking about being a stone. Take this, what I am, and turn it whatever way you want to, and use me for you. You can do that this morning. If you've never given your life to Christ, that's simply what it is. Here I am. Take me. I accept you. And I want to be part of this beautiful church that there's all shapes. And, and, and as you just look around you, look around you. Look at what beautiful people are around you. Just take, no, 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 look, seriously, look around, look around. If you need to stand up, stand up and look around. Look at it, just beautiful, beautiful, gorgeous. You, don't insult the body of Christ by calling it a building. It's, it's way more beautiful than a building. Don't insult the body of Christ by calling it the structure that, that so often society calls it. About. You, don't do that. You are the body of Christ. Christ and you, Mary Gail, the hope of glory. You know, she's... Uh, how many of you have ever, ever watched the classical... Uh, Disney movie, The Hunchback of Notre Dame. How many of you admit it? You've seen it. Uh, we own it in our house, and I think we've seen it four times. But there is a scene in it where Quasimodo, he, Quasimodo, lives in the up, up, upper part of the cathedral. And Quasimodo never leaves the cathedral. He's not supposed to leave the cathedral. But, but there is a scene where where his first true friend, the gypsy Esmeralda, uh, is, is bound by the archdeacon Frollo, who, who wants to destroy her. Because really in the whole, the whole movie, uh, 
the, the thing he hates in her is the thing that's inside of him. His own, his own stuff. And, and uh, Quasimodo's watching this and then all of a sudden, I don't know if you remember, he, he grabs the rope and he swings out from the cathedral and he swings out and he frees her. And, 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 he, and he takes her, um, you know, Esmeralda the gypsy, takes her in his arms, like, you know, like the typical hero, and up he goes back to the cathedral, and then he jumps on the front of the cathedral, and he holds her up, and does anybody remember what he says? Who said that? You did! Sanctuary! Sanctuary! So the, the whole idea, thank you, thank you. Uh, the whole idea of that, yeah, you've watched it a few times too. Eh? The whole idea is the word sanctuary and what it means. In ancient European uh, custom, when, when, when someone, it could be a, a fugitive or it could be the, in this case, the, the gypsy Esmeralda is being persecuted by the, the uh, authorities they could go into the cathedral or into a church and, and claim sanctuary. And, and so the whole cost idea was that nothing could happen to them while they were in the sacred place. Because the word uh, sanctuary comes from the Latin word santuarium, which means a holy place. And if you've been in some of those big cathedrals, you just walk in and, oh, it's just like a, a holy place. And the idea is, this is holy ground. That idea of a building being holy ground comes to us through the Old Testament. And I say Old Testament, Old Covenant. As you understand, the Bible is divided into Old and New Testament. And there's a really important reason why that is. Because in the Old Testament, there is this introduction of the building being a holy place. And when the children of Israel, they were, they were traveling through uh, the desert, Moses instructed them by God to build what they call a tabernacle. And the tabernacle was like a tent structure that, that, was, that was portable and it would travel. And, and inside of that was this very key important structure building. It was portable as well. But inside of that was the holy place in the Holy of Holies. And you could not go in there unless you had done the right thing or you were the right person or you were called or appointed to go inside of that. It was like sanctuary. It was very sacred. It was very holy, very important. Inside, you'll see the structure. You, you see on the screen, you'll, you'll see the entrance. And those of you online, you, I'm sure you can watch it as well. You'll see the entrance. And, and all of this has symbolism. We don't have time to get into it. The, the one door that enters in, Jesus said, I am the way. You know, so it speaks. And then you come to the altar of, the, of sacrifice, and that is Christ. We come through the, the sacrifice of Christ, and, and on and on and on, all the way through, until you get to the Holy of Holies, and inside of there is the Ark of the Covenant. And the Ark of the Covenant was, nobody could go in there, except a high priest once a year could go in there. And there was this idea that this was a holy of holy place, and it was. Uh, you know, uh, until Indiana Jones found the Ark of the Covenant. And, 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 and in fact, it is in the States, in the, uh, 
in the archives of the States, you've watched the movie as well, right? <laughs> but if you remember, you remember when, when, when they took the, the Ark of the Covenant in the movie out of the box, Indiana Jones says, don't look at it, because, because he knew that if you looked at it, you, you would be blind or you would die. And, you know, and, and, I mean, that's all part of the folklore of the movie. Later, in the history of Israel, Solomon took that tabernacle and he built, using the same kind of format, he, used, he built the Jerusalem temple. And the Jerusalem temple was magnificent. It was absolutely the temple of Solomon. It was considered also, it had inside of it the same holy place, holy of holies, the outer court. It was all very, very structured in the same way, keeping with, with the understanding of the tabernacle. And, and, it, and there was also very sacred. Gentiles couldn't go there. Uh, People, outsiders couldn't go there. It it was just, it was very sacred. And and here's what Leviticus says. Observe my Sabbaths, my Saturdays, and have reverence for my sanctuary. See, there's the word. Sanctuary, the temple. And then he says, I am Yahweh. So, but then we come to the New Testament. And the New Testament introduces us to the Gospels, the story of Christ. And something now shifts in the story to a whole different direction. And and we find Jesus introducing the New Covenant. The Old Covenant, the New Covenant. And in the New Covenant, it says in Luke 22, 19, he says, He took bread and he gave thanks and broke it and gave it to them, saying... This is my body given for you. Do this in remembrance of me. In the same way, he took the cup saying, this cup is the new covenant, the new testament in my blood, which is poured out for you. So Jesus introduces us to a new covenant, a new way. And in this new covenant, we don't, we don't, we don't keep the Sabbath of Saturday anymore. We go to Sunday because Sunday was the day of resurrection. And no longer do we go to a building because the building is the people. You get that? So that's the big shift, Old Testament, New Testament. Paul says in in Corinthians, he says to the Christians, don't you know? Don't you know that you are God's temple and that God's spirit dwells in you? You are the living stones. You, you, are, you, you are not physical stones, but you're living stones. And the Spirit of God dwells in you. You are no longer, the temple is no longer a building. The temple is a people. And so then he goes on, he says, God's temple is sacred, and you are that temple. Wow. Did you, you are that temple. So in other words, you are sanctuary. Bill, when you're downtown, you are the body of Christ. You are the temple. You are sanctuary. Wherever you are, you are the holy temple of God. You are the house of God. Here's something I want us to get rid of. Okay? You might get rid of me instead, but here's what I'd like to get rid of. 
Have you ever heard somebody come and say, welcome to the house of the Lord? Can we not ever do that again, please? Permission? Well, you're looking at me strange. Next time somebody says, welcome to the house of the Lord, go, oh, no. Let's not do that because that is not New Testament biblical truth. This is not the house of the Lord. You are the house of the Lord. Pastor Jean Bosco, it's good to have you back from Mozambique. Last Sunday, I had a wonderful time speaking in the congregation in the afternoon. But you know what they said? Welcome to the house of the Lord. And I wanted to walk up and go. (laughs) Sorry. I'm just telling you the truth. After me preaching that in the morning. I I stifled myself. I was very nice. What is the definition of a church? Come on. Christ in you. Not Christ in Smythe Street building. Not Christ, you know, well, you know, some people come and they they say, well, I'm just going to, on Tuesday morning, I'm just going to slip into the sanctuary because I just want to be in the presence of God. Let me tell you something. That's nice. But you can find the presence of God in the woods, in your car. You can find the presence of God in your shower. You don't have to go to a building to find the presence of God. Hello? So, can we agree that we do no longer say, welcome to the house of the Lord? Can we agree to that? Oof. Tough crowd. Tough crowd. I know what you're thinking. Oh, it's a habit. I've done that for years. Well, you know, some of you quit smoking. Quit that habit too. So if the building is not the church, and what we do isn't the church, then why do we gather on Sundays? And I'm wrapping up with this. I want to read John. We've been reading John, and I just want to, read a portion from John chapter 20. It says, Then the same day at evening. He's talking about Jesus was just raised from the dead. And the same day at evening, being the first day of the week, when the doors were shut, where the disciples were assembled, for fear of the Jews, Jesus came and stood in the midst and said to them, Peace be to you. Or peace be with you. When he had said this, he showed them his hands and his side, and the disciples rejoiced when they saw the Lord. The first meeting that Jesus had with his disciples was the first Sunday of resurrection. Thomas wasn't there. So they went to Thomas and said, Thomas, you missed it, buddy. You weren't there. And Thomas says, why? Jesus met us. And we, we were with him. 
And Thomas says, unless, here's what they say. We have seen the Lord. And he said to them, unless I see his, his hands, the print of the nails, and put my finger into the print of the nails, and put my hand into his side, I will not believe. That's why we call him Doting Thomas. After eight days, a week later, his disciples were again inside. The next Sunday, disciples were again inside. And I think it's interesting that John specifically tells us that information. Not Monday, not Tuesday, not Wednesday, not Thursday, but they were gathered again inside and Thomas was with him. And Jesus appears again with him and he says, peace be to you. When we gather together, Jesus meets with us and we rejoice with him. And he gives us his peace. Ever since this occasion, Christians throughout history have met on Sunday because it is the day of resurrection. And we met on Sunday to celebrate the risen Jesus. So every Sunday is a little Easter for us. It's a reminder. Jesus said, where two or three are gathered What's the next word? Together. In my name, I am there in the midst of them. Two things to note. Number one, when we gather together in his name, there is a special sacred promise of his presence. I know you can leave and you can watch the service online. And I know some of you are watching the service online. How many here have ever watched the service online? Right. Would you agree with me it's not the same as being in person? Why, Wayne? Because what you said before, there is this special sense when we're together and we're trying to encourage you and bring you in through online with us. And that's why we try to interact with you. Because there is this special sense of God's presence when we gather together in the name of Jesus. The second thing, he says, notice the word together. Again, we're called to community. Not to being a spectator. Not to coming to a presentation. We're called to community. The sense of togetherness, of community of, of being one together, looking at each other. You know, some of the most important time in a service outside of worship was this beautiful. Outside, and that's why we all worship together. Outside of all of that, one of the most beautiful times is greeting time, as you said, Wayne. Or after the service, interacting with each other, we come and that is healthy. That is healthy spiritually. That is healthy emotionally. That is healthy physically. You say, Physically, yeah. There is, I, I, I read just a couple of weeks ago of a study by Tyler Van, uh, Van Deerwil, a professor of Harvard University who did one of the most extensive studies to support, to look at the evidence to support the correlation between church attendance and improval of physical and mental health. And he did this study extensively, one of the largest studies ever done 
on this subject. And he did it with some colleagues from Human Flourishing Program at Harvard. And Tyler and his team concluded that compare with those who never attend a religious service, individuals who attended services at least once a week had a lower risk of all-cause mortality by 26%. You just got healthier just by being here. Furthermore, another 2016 study from the same human flourishing program at Harvard with over 74,000 women concluded frequent attendance at religious services was associated with significantly lower risk of all-cause cardiovascular and cancer mortality among women. So all you ladies, you just are healthier. Today, just by, just by coming and gathering with your brothers and sisters in Christ. And then it goes on to say, religion and spirituality may be an unappreciated or underappreciated resource that physicians could explore with their patients. So wouldn't it be cool? Wouldn't it be cool if you went to the doctor and the doctor said, you know what you need? You need to go to church more. That'll make you healthier. So did you know this morning, just by coming here, you are healthier? Mentally, emotionally, you are healthier. How many know that now? You feel healthier? Medical research. But apart from that, how many were here a, couple, a few weeks ago when I talked about the beautiful African word Ubuntu? How many remember that? Say it with me, Ubuntu, Ubuntu. Ubuntu is about community. It's, it's, it's healthy, it's, it's opposite of individualism. It is when we focus on the we instead of the me, which is meevilness. It's about family, it's about us coming to God as, as a family. And we, we define uh, Ubuntu as I am because we are one with him. You remember that? Can you say it with me? I am. Uh, I am because we are one with him. And we do the one because we gather together. Grab your fingers like that and go woof. Doesn't it feel good? I mean, it's a great way to punch. But anyway, <laughs> I am because we are one with him. And that is, that is that beautiful understanding that we come here and we gather. Another word I hate is service. When I go to Mazda, they give me good or bad what? And what does it mean by that? Is that I go there and they give me a product. And we, we call it, well, we have our 9 a.m. service, our 11 a.m. service. No, you're not getting a product. You are the product. You are the product. So I've already told my staff, don't, don't put on the internet 9 a.m. service. Put on the internet 9 a.m. gathering. And I know those are habits. We'll have a hard time getting rid of. I, I, we're not here to be served. We're here to serve Jesus together. We're here to serve him together. So let's please just, you know, two things I've told you that we got to get rid of. Welcome to the... What? What? 
What are you talking about? I don't know what you're talking about. And the other word is? Oh, bad word. Bad word. We gather to encourage each other. We gather together to celebrate the resurrection. Where two or three are gathered together in my name, we gather together in his name to to love on Christ, to let him say peace be to you, to let him, there's something sacred that happens, we meet with him. We gather together to pray for one another, to encourage one another, to uplift one another, to open scripture together, and we gather together to worship God with one voice. We're not here to have a production. We're here to praise the Lord together. And that's why we do it. So stand up and let's praise the Lord as we close the service and worship him together. I love this song, Revelation song. It's a beautiful, worthy is the lamb. And I want to hear your voices. Don't be a spectator, be a participant. All right, come on guys, kick it away. Worthy is the lamb. Worthy is the don't forget your voice. Isn't it great, Jill, when we're trying to close the song down and they keep going? I love that. I love that. I love that. I am... Because we are one in him. You are the body of Christ. Let's go and do it. Let's go be the body of Christ. God bless you. We're so glad that you've joined us. You know, you are part of something bigger and we want to invite you to get involved, to really be part of the team. You can help make ministry happen either by volunteering or by financially partnering with us. If you'd like to give, you can head over to ssc.church slash give, and you can even sign up for automatic withdrawals so that you know that your money is consistently making a difference and you are inspiring others to follow Jesus. Why not start today? Head on over to ssc.church slash Give and sign up today. Thank you so much for joining us. God bless you in the week to come.